So <clears throat> I would like to offer a few reflections about equanimity. And then uh, for a practice together, as I was thinking about what's happening in the day and where we are in the retreat and in the world, what felt intuitively most uh, resonant for me was to start with some compassion practice and then explore shifting to equanimity practice and seeing how these two support each other. Exploring that a little bit in practice today. Equanimity is a quality of balance of mind. Other words that may resonate, non-reactivity, impartiality, acceptance, ease, non-contentiousness, It's um, a balance of mind that is connected to understanding. It is said that there's a, a kind of equanimity based in delusion. In one of the suttas it talks about equanimity based on the household life is basically where you're equanimous because you don't understand what's going on. And so that's not, not, what, not this. It is uh, fully aware of what's happening and the mind is balanced. And yet that balance of mind is not indifference. It's not My niece would sometimes, when she was being corrected about something, and she'd go, with a roll of the eyes, whatever. <laughs> and that uh, sounds like it should be equanimity, but you know with the roll of the eyes it's not equanimity. It's not indifference, it's not whatever in that way. It is fully understanding the situation, understanding what is here is here, is arising based on causes and conditions. 
the conditioned nature of experience. The, the, the teaching, the classic teaching of equanimity is, is really tied to the teaching of karma, the understanding that our happiness and unhappiness is connected to our actions or choices. And that the, the conditioned nature of our lives is what, is what and, and that in this moment, in this actual moment, so what's arising right now, what we are experiencing right now is, is a, um, a consequence of choices and conditions, of causes and conditions from the past, but also is related to how we are relating to it right now. And so this is really where the possibility for, it, for non-determinism to come into this whole cause and effect chain because how we are in this moment radically affects what is shaped going forward. And the same thing could be arising, the same thing could be arising based on past conditions and our relationship to it now can be very different. One of greed, aversion, delusion, or wisdom, compassion, kindness. And that shapes very different, different futures. And so the, the reflection, the classic reflection on equanimity is connected to that understanding that, that things are unfolding in a lawful manner. It's not a mistake and, and that there is some, um, some possibility of choice in the moment to step into the, in, in how we are in this moment, stepping into the future. There is some agency, not an agency of self, but agency of this being in this moment to make a choice. Based on skillful tendencies, based on wisdom. So this, um, this equanimity is an equanimity that is rooted in understanding, rooted in insight, rooted in this deep understanding of conditionality. The, um, the mind of equanimity, I might have even said something about this this morning, I don't remember, the mind of equanimity allows the heart, it kind of ties the other Brahma-viharas together in a way. It allows the heart to hold, deeply hold all the joys and all the sorrows without being shattered by them, sucked under by them, drawn in, but also not indifferent, not kind of step back like, oh yeah, no problem. There's a, a, a way that equanimity in, it, it creates a, a more intimate connection with what is happening. And so compassion isn't really complete without the equanimity. 
The equanimity is what's needed for the heart to fully open to suffering without resistance. The equanimity is what's needed for the heart to fully open to all the joys that are happening in contrast and in, in sometimes or, or kind of sometimes it's kind of hard to hold, you know, the uh, the joys and the sorrows together. But that's what equanimity helps us to do. We celebrate the joys and feel the sorrows more deeply with equanimity. So it's definitely not a, a whatever or an indifferent kind of quality of mind. In the um, classic equanimity practice, we do it very much the way that we've been guiding in the in the metta and in the compassion, uh, starting with um, in, in equanimity, the, the classic instructions around the Brahma Viharas is you start where it's easiest. And so in, um, in metta, we um, tend to start with either self or the easy being. With compassion, we start with someone who is suffering because compassion depends on our meeting suffering. And so we pick someone dear to us, perhaps, where it might have an easier kind of inroad. In equanimity, it's said that the neutral person is the easiest person to have, to, to have the sense of equanimity about. And we, you know, we explore the possibility of having equanimity about the unfolding journey of that person, that being. your your actions are dependent upon your choices all beings are the owners of their actions your happiness and unhappiness depend upon your choices it's that kind of reflection And so when we come to all beings reflecting on that, it's almost like we're looking at the collective karma of of beings. We can think of it that way, kind of collective choices that have been made. And that the, the practice of equanimity is a recognition that... Um, whether beings are happy or unhappy. It's not so much about what is happening, but again, the relationship, how you are, the choices you're making. In reflecting on this, uh, the situation right now. And for me again, and maybe we can we can play with this a little bit uh, in, a, in our meditation, but um, you know just reflecting on the conditions you know of, of where this arose, how it happened, it's conditioned. And the transmission of the virus is conditioned. It's not personal. 
It's just causes and conditions unfolding. And how are we with these causes and conditions? Do we become distraught, add a second, third, fourth arrow? Or do we explore opening to it with some wisdom? In opening to the situation with wisdom, when the heart is really open, when we're exploring this possibility of being open to the, the conditions, the, under, you know, the, the unfolding of conditions, the response of the heart that is open in that way will respond with compassion when the situation is of suffering and will respond with joy when the situation is connected to success or well-being or, or happiness. And so the, I think we can explore this, this blending. At least today that's what I'd like to, to see, what it, how it works, you know, just explore this blending of particularly today compassion and equanimity. Because they're not really so separate. Because true compassion has got to have equanimity in it. And true equanimity will meet suffering with compassion. And we can come in, our hearts, some, some hearts are more attuned perhaps to wisdom or some hearts maybe are attuned more to the Brahma-Vihara qualities but they meet. Whichever doorway you come in, there's a bridge to the other quality. For me in my own journey, wisdom has definitely been my doorway. And the Brahma-Vihara practices were pretty difficult for me in the early years of my practice. I didn't quite understand what the feeling of compassion was about. And yet, uh, you know, kept, just kept practicing and exploring, understanding the conditioned nature of experience. And when I would sit down with people and talk to them about their practice or about their experience, I was meeting them from that place of yeah, just conditions unfolding. And so that was my experience, this sense of really being able to hold, being not afraid, not shrinking from whatever conditions were in front of me. And I was surprised when people said to me, I so feel your compassion. And this went on for a while and I kept thinking, that's not my experience. I don't know what compassion feels like. And I talked to several of my colleagues and other teachers about it. And several of them had just said, oh, it's there, don't worry about it. And it's like, that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> and then um, I had a conversation with Philip. And he, he was so perceptive, he said, your mind is orienting towards wisdom and emptiness when you're meeting with people. 
is a try orienting to the relationship, the connection. And uh, it was stunning when the next time, and I had an opportunity, you know, 10 minutes later to try that. So it, was, it wasn't hard, I understood what he meant when he said you're orienting towards emptiness. And when I sat down in front of this other person, it was really simple. All I had to do was think, yeah, I'm sitting in front of Julie. I'm sitting with Julie. The compassion was there. And so that was a lesson for me around, you know, again, the connection of wisdom and compassion. It was there, but it was important to understand and feel that it was there. And I think the same thing can happen on the other side. If we cultivate the compassion and really can hold with compassion what is happening, equanimity is being cultivated. And so wisdom, understanding is being cultivated as we explore compassion because compassion is meeting suffering that meeting of suffering, the not shying away from suffering, the understanding suffering. It's the first noble truth. It's intimately connected with wisdom. So I do, uh, these two are just two sides of a coin. So I'd like to explore. I don't know, I've never done this before. I've never tried a guided meditation like this before. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, Yeah, so let's just settle in into our postures and body, finding a comfortable, as comfortable as possible. And letting your attention kind of Rest in the area of your heart, in your body, in this general area, in your torso. And we'll begin with ourselves, holding ourselves. whatever sense of self that you, sense of yourself that is available, your physical sense or perhaps an image of yourself. And since we're gonna start with compassion, the instruction is actually to connect to some aspect of your experience that is a little tender or, or challenging, something that's not so easy. And we're bringing, we're calling dukkha into mind. And exploring with that, calling that to mind, exploring the possibility of the wish may 
I'm going to change the language here instead of using I. May this being be free from suffering, free from this suffering. And you can be more specific at times with the the practice. It doesn't have to be free from suffering. It can be free from this struggle. Have ease with this struggle. Holding yourself with that wish for freedom from Dukkha, suffering, stress. And then we'll do this in a kind of a radiating way right now. So just allowing your kind of attention to to radiate and take in that there are other beings near you. And knowing the kinds of things that are going on in your experience in these days. We can extrapolate. There's some struggle going on in the beings around us. May we be free from stress. And remembering it's the wish, not the result here. That's the piece of uh, exploration. May we be at ease with this stress. If being free from seems impossible at this moment, we certainly at this moment can't wave a magic wand and have the coronavirus disappear. And yet, if it were in your power, would that be your wish? That's kind of the depth of the connection to that wish of compassion. It's the wish, not the expectation that the wish be fulfilled. It's the heart that's open to that wish. May we be free from suffering. Allowing the attention to take in all of us together in this room. Maybe to expanding to include the other retreatants who aren't here at this moment and the managers and the staff who are on the land. All of us human beings facing these concerns and uncertainties. May 
we be free from suffering? Expanding further. Allowing your heart to get as open as it can to take in all beings. Let's start with human beings. All human beings on this planet. those all over the world struggling and suffering with this worldwide situation. We are joined together by this. Intimately connected And recollecting the families who are losing people or people in quarantine finding difficulty with food or who are lonely and isolated, all different flavors of struggle around the planet. People in physical distress with difficulty breathing. People in fear. Afraid they'll become ill. Can the heart open and hold that with this wish May we be free from suffering. Remembering it's the wish, not the result. And while you're holding that, all beings, including yourself, with their struggles, stress, suffering. See what happens if you bring in an equanimity phrase. Whether I understand it or not, Things are unfolding according to a lawful nature. Things are just as they are right now. May I accept this as it is. May all beings accept this as it is. 
Noticing for yourself what happens with that wish. The heart may become kind of more contracted or it may relax a little bit or maybe not much happening. And now bringing back the compassion phrase. May we all be free from this suffering. And notice how the heart feels with that wish. Things are as they are right now. May I accept this as it is. May all beings accept this as it is. May all beings be free from suffering. May we all accept conditions as they are. May all beings be free from suffering. I'll fall quiet for a while and let you play with this alternation of the compassion phrase and some version or flavor of the equanimity phrase.
Exploring this alternation, being aware of how the phrase lands or affects your heart, your body, your mind. And if one or the other is more resonant for you, you're welcome to linger with that one for a little while. And then maybe just sprinkle in the other every now and then. See what happens. Just being attuned to how these wishes affect the heart. And I'm exploring practice for all beings. I often find it helpful to hold kind of the idea of all beings, but just kind of let images of beings come to mind. Imagining situations with beings around the planet, specific beings which for me, helps me to connect a little bit more fully. So you could play with with that as well, not just keeping it at the abstract level of all beings, but allowing the mind to like circle the globe and land somewhere. And what might be happening there? Let an image come in and express the wish with that representative of all beings.
I'll close with a quote from Nyanapanaka Tara about equanimity. Equanimity is a perfect, unshakable balance of mind rooted in insight. But in its perfection and unshakable nature, equanimity is not dull, heartless, and frigid. Its perfection is not due to an emotional emptiness, but to a fullness of understanding, to its being complete in itself. Its unshakable nature is not the immovability of a dead, cold stone, but the manifestation of the highest strength. Thank you for exploring this today. And may our practice be of service, support for the happiness, well-being, and freedom of all beings everywhere. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.